0: Welcome, welcome, welcome into Moments of Genius here on CMRU.ca by students for you. My name is Peter Roman and this is episode 14 of the quarantine edition of my radio show. It's a little bit crazy to think that there's been 14 episodes of this thing, but it's so much fun. I love doing it. And today I have... A lot of stuff. UEFA Champions League quarterfinals done and dusted. I'm going to talk about those. NHL playoffs, obviously going to talk about that. I'm also going to have my NBA playoff bracket, but I'm going to start with my COVID-19 sports news segment because I do have a couple things to talk about. The first one being news that broke earlier this morning through lots of different sources. I saw the Twitter feeds of different some of the CFL on TSN people but the 2020 Canadian Football League season has been cancelled and so there will not be a CFL season this year. I know I I normally don't talk about the CFL that much on my show and that's just because I don't follow the league as closely as what I used to when I was a little kid but it's still kind of crappy to see the season not happening this year, but I completely understand why it's not. The CFL was looking for a $30 million loan from the federal government to basically be able to put on a season. And for anyone who hasn't been following this story, so they asked for the money a while ago, and it came out yesterday that the federal government has rejected the CFL's request for $30 million loan. And so, Now we have a canceled 2020 CFL season, which is obviously terrible. And I feel for the players, for the people involved, just in general with jobs with the league. But unfortunately, the CFL was not exactly a league that was making money before this. And so you only had so the CFL has nine teams and only three of the nine teams actually made money this past season which doesn't exactly go well if you're a business that was struggling before the pandemic, now trying to get essentially bailout, you know, funding money. And so I understand why the, federal, why the federal government denied the loan for the CFL, but it's still a little bit of a shame. And so hopefully they can come back in 2021 with a much improved season and hopefully a much improved business model so the, so the league can be healthier and growing for years to come. The only other thing I wanted to talk about briefly, college football in the United States. There's a whole, the way college football works in the U.S., and trust me, I'm the furthest thing from a college football expert, but there's basically five big main divisions kind of across the country that essentially kind of run their own show to some extent. And there was some of those leagues that decided to cancel their season, and they're going to try and play football in the spring. And then you have other divisions that are just going ahead. So it's kind of a mess. And again, I'm the person with probably the least amount of college football in the U.S. knowledge, but it's still another another major sport that makes a lot of money, at least for the not for the students, but for the people and the, for the universities anyway, which is still to me terrible, but nonetheless, college football has been partially canceled and I know there's a lot of pushback to that, but honestly, these players, unlike the NFL, I should mention, unlike the NFL, these players are not being paid because the NCAA are, what's a good word to describe the NCAA maybe terrible I think terrible is a good word the NCAA is terrible because they exploit student athletes for money and I don't feel so bad for them I feel bad for the players but I don't feel that bad for the universities and the NCAA themselves anyway that's it for that on the news side of things I'm going to get it through my NBA playoff bracket. The NBA playoffs start today. At the time of recording, the Utah Jazz and the Denver Nuggets are going toe-to-toe in game number one of that series with the Raptors playing in about an hour's time from when I'm recording this show. So I'm going in fresh as a daisy for this playoff bracket, and I'll give you my thoughts. And even though, you know, making predictions is not an exact science... It's a lot of fun right or wrong i like doing them so nba playoffs i'll start in the eastern conference we have the milwaukee bucks playing the orlando magic in the 1-8 matchup and to be honest the eastern conference first round to me is pretty easy because barring something crazy milwaukee i think should easily beat orlando i'm picking them to win in four over the magic it might not be a sweep, it might be five games instead of four, but I can't see Orlando beating Milwaukee, especially with the injury to Jonathan Isaac, who's one of their best defensive players, and just in general, one of their better players. So I'm picking Milwaukee in four. Toronto is playing Brooklyn in the first round, and Brooklyn, in under normal circumstances, would be a pretty good pick to win this series. But obviously, they didn't bring their team because Chris LaVert is like the only starter they brought with them. And I'll give the Nets a lot of credit. They've played really hard. They've played together as a team. I think impressively well in the bubble so far. But Toronto quite clearly is going to have a very easy series. I'm picking the Raptors in four over the Nets in that first round matchup. Again, it might not be a sweep, but I can't see Brooklyn actually winning this thing. And then the other two series is I think will be closer, but I still think there's a bit of an edge there. I have Boston beating Philadelphia in six, and the reason why is because the Sixers obviously don't have Ben Simmons, who is left with an injury. Joel Embiid, I think, is going to play in this series, but he's also coming off an injury, and Boston's looked decent, decently well in the bubble. I think Boston's going to win in six over Philadelphia. And then Miami and Indiana is actually a close one. These two teams, I think, are pretty evenly matched, but I'm going to lean slightly with the Miami Heat. I'm going to say Heat in seven over the Pacers in that series. So that would set up Milwaukee versus Miami and Toronto versus Boston in the second round. I have the Raptors winning in seven over the Celtics. I really think that's a close series. But I think Toronto's defensive versatility, and more importantly, their size will give them a huge advantage over the Celtics, who really aren't that big of a team. And with the championship experience that the Raptors, of course, possess in earnest on this team, I like Toronto to win in seven over Boston in the second round, and Milwaukee, I think, will win in six over Miami. Miami's my dark horse team in the East, but Milwaukee, to me, is probably the best team in the conference, which is why... In the conference finals, I have them winning in seven over Toronto. I know the Raptors beat them a year ago, but a huge reason why the Raptors beat Milwaukee was because Kawhi Leonard started guarding Giannis Antetokounmpo, and then from that point on, Toronto won every game. And it's, you know, I'm not trying to say anything negative about OG Ananobi, who's a fantastic defender in his own right, but OG Ananobi is not Kawhi Leonard. And so to expect similar production I think is unrealistic I think it's gonna be close which is why I'm, I think it'll go seven games but I think Milwaukee is just a little bit better this year than Toronto is in the Western Conference the West to me has so much upset potential and I'm talking like every single series has upset potential but I'm gonna pick based on my head but I think these are all gonna be close So, Lakers play the Blazers. I have Los Angeles winning in seven over Portland. Portland, I think style-wise, is a bad match for the Lakers because Portland, Damian Lillard, and CJ McCollum give them a tremendous scoring backcourt that's only bettered in the NBA probably by Steph Curry and Klay Thompson who obviously aren't there because Golden State didn't make it. So, the Lakers' two best defenders for guards are Avery Bradley and Rajon Rondo. Avery Bradley did not go to the bubble with them, and he opted out of the season, and Rajon Rondo broke his hand. So, the Lakers might be in a little bit of trouble trying to play defense against this Blazers team. And at the same time, the Blazers might have trouble playing defense against the Lakers. So I think this will be really high scoring, but I do think LA will win in 7 over Portland. The next series, Clippers, I have them winning in six over the Mavericks, and I love Luka Doncic. He is one of my favorite players in the entire league. But unfortunately, I think the Mavericks are probably a year too early before they're like serious championship contenders. And the other big note about this one is that I think the Clippers are just a bad match for the Mavericks. Because the Mavericks don't really have guys who can guard Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on the Clippers. Meanwhile, Pat Beverly is one of the better defensive point guards in the NBA, and he can match up. You know, I mean, no one's going to stop Luka Doncic, but Pat Beverly is as good as option as you can get, basically, to trying to slow down the Mavericks superstar. So I have Clippers in six over the Mavericks. The next one, I have the Nuggets in six over the Jazz. Utah, sadly, Mike Conley has left the bubble because... Of the birth of his child which is completely understandable by the way but also isn't great for utah trying to win this series bogdanovich obviously didn't join them because he was injured in the bubble and i like denver's depth a lot michael porter jr has been a rising star for them as a third option along with jamal murray and nikola Jokic. i have the nuggets in six over the jazz and then i'm calling an upset okc beats houston And the reason why is because Russell Westbrook's going to miss at least one game of this series, if not longer. We'll have to wait and see on that. But I'm picking the Thunder in seven over the Houston Rockets. I think Chris Paul will kind of complete his revenge tour a little bit. So that sets up our second round. I have the Lakers winning in five over the Thunder. I have the Clippers winning in six over the Nuggets. I think the Lakers and Clippers are just better teams. And I think... The Clippers are going to beat the Lakers in seven in the Western Conference Finals. And just like I said a month ago in my NBA restart preview, I have the LA Clippers winning the championship. And so I have them beating the Milwaukee Bucks in six. I love the Clippers' depth. I love their high-end skill. Kawhi Leonard, obviously, might be the best player in the league. Paul George, fantastic. Beverly. Lou Williams, now that he's out of quarantine for... His strip club incident, I think that, I think there will be a good out for anybody. And I think the Clippers are going to win the championship when it's all set and done. So that's my NBA predictions. We'll have to wait and see how right or how wrong I am on a lot of those. But it should be a lot of fun. Love the NBA playoffs. Ton of fun to watch. And speaking of playoffs, the NHL playoffs. So I'll start with Calgary and Dallas. The Flames are tied 2-2 now with the Stars. Dallas won yesterday, and so it is now a best of three. Whoever wins two out of the next three games will advance to the official second round of the NHL playoffs. I have a few notes from this, one being the Calgary Flames top line, and I'm looking at Goudreau, Monaghan, and Lindholm, who I thought played really well against the Jets. Not quite as good in this series. Now, it should be said that these guys have been really good on the power play. But 5-on-5, five five, they haven't done enough for me. They need to create more offense. And it can't just be a power play situation that they're scoring goals. And its I should say, it's good that they're scoring on the power play. But they need to do a little bit more 5-on-5 five five to help this team. But Dylan Dubé and Sam Bennett are certainly doing their job to carry the load for the Flames offense. Those guys have been spectacular in this series so far. But for the Flames' best players it's do or die. Best two out of three is coming up in the next couple of games. Game five goes tomorrow. Game six goes Thursday. Game seven on Saturday, if necessary. So next week on my show, I'll either be really happy or really sad about my team. But Dallas, I think, has played pretty well for the most part, especially considering Ben Bishop is apparently unfit to play, which the NHL doesn't disclose injuries or stuff like that. So who knows what that might be? But I think Dallas has been very resilient in these games, getting late equalizers and things of that nature. So, really, anybody's series. And I guess that falls right in line with the fact that I picked the Flames to win in seven in this one over Dallas. On to the other series is Philadelphia has a 2-1 lead over Montreal. And to me, this one's been really back and forth, which has surprised me. I felt like almost Pittsburgh played better than what the Flyers are playing, but Philadelphia is just getting better results. And so it's been a back-and-forth series. I think Montreal's had a lot of chances. I think Philly's had a lot of chances. Both teams have been getting pretty good goaltending out of Carter Hart and Carey Price, respectively. And so Flyers might be in the lead right now, but Montreal very much in this series. Vancouver has a surprising 2-1 to lead over the St. Louis Blues. And now this series, to me... I think St. Louis has been the better team. But Vancouver's found a way to win. And finding a way to win is more important than playing better. So, the Canucks, even though I think they've been outplayed for the most part in this series, they have a guy on their team by the name of Bo Horvat, who happens to be a St. Louis Blues killer because St. Louis can't stop him. He is insane. Bo Horvat has been just tearing apart. The st louis blues in this series so full credit to vancouver for having the series lead that they do they play again tonight should be a very exciting game number four and for the defending champions they're gonna have to fight an uphill battle to come back against vancouver Alright, on to the other series. Vegas has a 3-1 lead over Chicago. Vegas is kind of doing what I thought Edmonton would do to Chicago, but nonetheless, I think that shows the gulf in class between a team like Vegas and a team like Edmonton. Vegas went up 3-0 in this series. Chicago, though, credit to them, bounced back with a nice Game 4 victory. Sadly, I think it'll probably just end in a gentleman's sweep, which of course means team going up 3-0, loses Game 4, but then wins Game 5. So, I have Vegas to seal the deal sooner rather than later and make easy work of the Chicago Blackhawks. Colorado, Arizona. Now, this series, Colorado leads it 2-1, and it really should be 3-0, but there's one reason why it isn't. Darcy Kemper. Darcy Kemper has been standing on his head, and I know that's an expression that's used a lot for goalies in the NHL, but I mean literally, this guy is standing on his head. Every single game, he has to make ridiculous saves. Left, right, center, top shelf, bottom shelf, five hole, doesn't matter. He has to make save after save after save to make sure his team isn't getting blown out. Because Colorado is so far and away the better team in this series. But Arizona has been getting good goaltending, and so they're not out of it yet. It's 2-1, but I do think Colorado will probably finish it sooner rather than later. Tampa Bay Columbus now this series had the longest game I've ever seen in my lifetime because game one went to five overtimes and I didn't misread that five overtimes which is just madness absolute insanity and Tampa Bay won because last year for all the flack Tampa Bay got for choking in the playoffs and I should mention rightfully so they have a guy on their team who happens to be a young player who's a rising star, and his name is Brayden Point. And Brayden Point was among many, many players who got manhandled by the Blue Jackets a year ago. This year, not the case. Brayden Point has been really good. And unlike his teammates like Kucherov and Stamkos, who tend to shrivel in big moments, Brayden Point might have an act for showing up in them. So, Tampa Bay is a 2-1 series lead, largely thanks to the performances of guys like Braden Point. Although, for the Blue Jackets, it has to be said, uh, (laughs) Eunice Corpizalo, who's their goalie, he broke the record for saves in that five-overtime game. And I think the guy needs some help. Columbus really has been leaving him hung out to dry for a lot. Of this series so far. So if they want to win the series, they need a little bit more help for their goalie, who is certainly doing everything in his power to keep them in it. Mech series, Boston and Carolina. So this one. Boston obviously has now lost Thukarask, who left the bubble. He has decided to opt out to go be with his family. Which I can totally understand, and I'm not in any way criticizing his decision to leave. But at the same time, it does feel a little bit crappy. I'm just putting myself in the shoes of a teammate. If he was my teammate and you go through the training camp and you go through the entire round robin and then the first two games of the series and then he decides to leave. And to me, that's just... It feels a little bit crappy and it's not that you know he he's absolutely within his right to do that to make that choice whatever he feels is best for him but at the same time you know it almost feels like he should have just opted out at the very beginning so then that way Boston he, he wouldn't be putting his team kind of in a a little bit of an unfortunate situation right now but Yara is a good backup And Boston does have a 2-1 lead over Carolina. I picked this series to go 7. I have no reason to think it won't go 7. Every game has been within one goal so far in this series. And finally, I will stand up and admit that the New York Islanders have made me look really stupid. Because they're up 3-0 on the Capitals. And I thought they were going to lose in the last round. So... My apologies to any Islanders fan who might be listening to this, because I was dead wrong about your team, and the New York Islanders are about to make the second round of the playoffs. Full credit to them. They've been very, very good in this series. They've been resilient in every game, making comebacks against the Capitals who've taken early leads, and yeah, they made me look really, really stupid, and so... Credit to the Islanders. They'll be going on to the next round. I'll try to make sure I don't disrespect them <laughs> for my next round predictions. Alright, and finally, the UEFA Champions League. Four quarterfinal games. All very different games. But of course, it would be wrong for me to start with any other game than the Bayern Munich versus Barcelona match. This one... I mean... If anyone said what the score would be before the game, I don't think anyone would have actually predicted what happened because Bayern Munich won 8-2 over Barcelona. 8-2. It has to be the most embarrassing loss in Barcelona history. Like, Coutinho didn't just Paul like. Light- didn't just pour salt in the wound at the end, but he just dumped the entire salt shaker. Coutinho is on loan at Bayern Munich because Barcelona didn't want to pay his wages. And so he's scoring against his old team twice when the game didn't mean anything. And that's just got to hurt. Not to mention the, de- the defending in this game. Oh my goodness. I've played soccer almost my whole life. I've coached for almost 10 years, I've ref for almost 5, and I've watched a lot of soccer games in my life. I don't know if I've ever seen that terrible of defending in a game, and I'm not exaggerating that. Like, in a professional game, I don't know if I've ever seen defending that bad, because Longley, Pique, Alba, Semedo, what were they doing? What were they doing? Honestly, that was just the, if you went to a class that was teaching you how to play defense and you watched this game, this game would be the example of how to not play defense because this was just, oh man. I wish I could do a little bit more of a deep dive into how embarrassing the defending was for Barcelona, but I do want to also talk about Bayern Munich being spectacular in this game. They just did whatever they wanted. They imposed their will. They were great in possession. They were great out of possession. They were pretty good defending for the most part, although Barcelona had a couple of good chances, and Alaba, of course, scored an own goal, which isn't great, but in the end didn't mean anything because, of course, they won by so much. But Bayern Munich offensively, Alfonso Davies, he set up such a beautiful goal. It was scored by Kimmich. But those are the two fullbacks on the team. So Kimmich was playing right back, and Davies was playing left back. But Davies took the ball down the left-hand wing and just danced around Nelson Semedo and left it on a plate for a tap-in for Kimmich, who was up in the box playing an attacking role. And so when you see your fullbacks being able to do stuff like that, it's really, really special. And by the way, I said this on, I said this on Facebook and I said this on Twitter as well, where it's like, If Alphonso Davies is playing defense for the Canadian national team, someone needs to bang their head against the wall because he is the best Canadian men's player that's ever lived. And he needs to be up front with Jonathan David scoring every single goal for us. Just saying. And I'm not wrong about that. Anyone who thinks Davies should play defense for the Canadian national team, I would love to debate whatever opinion you have because you're wrong about that. He needs to be up front. 100% no questions asked anyway the other games City played Leon they lost three to one Leon who have surprised I think a lot of people considering they didn't play a competitive game for months and then went out and beat Juventus over two legs and beat Man City three to one they took a two to one lead bit of a questionable goal whether or not it was legitimate and whether or not it was offside I thought it was offside but nonetheless they did have a two-to-one lead and then Raheem Sterling got given the most perfect scoring chance and he had one of the worst misses you'll ever see in your life it was pretty much as bad as the Fernando Torres miss that everyone memed him for and so not even like 30 seconds after Sterling missed that they went and scored a third goal and so Leon more than worthy of their win Manchester City my pick to win the whole thing they're out and I think they have a lot more questions than answers but credit to Leon for winning the game they'll play Bayern in the semifinals PSG won two to one thanks to a couple of really late goals from Chubomoting and Marquinhos and so they defeated Atalanta just barely two to one to advance to the semifinals And RB Leipzig got a late winning goal as well over Atletico Madrid, which I have to give them a ton of credit for, especially considering they did it without Timo Werner. And so PSG, Leipzig, winner, will advance to the finals. And Bayern and Lyon, winner, will advance to the Champions League final. Should be fun. Those games go tomorrow and Wednesday. And then finally, my last little note, the CPL is in fact back. They're playing the island games in Prince Edward Island and I would talk a little bit more about the Canadian Premier League but for right now with all the other leagues going on I'm going to focus more on the Canadian Premier League once they get into the second round of their return to play format and so for the first round it's going to be more general. Cavalry and Forge won their games and played pretty well in doing so and we had a lot of 2-2 draws but anyway nonetheless I'll get more into that as the tournament goes on. That's it. That's all I got for today. I want to thank you so much for listening in to Moments of Genius, and remember to be happy, be healthy, and stay safe, everybody.